And Dennis, um, there's been quite a lot in the media recently about uh, type 2 diabetes and there may be some form of diet control that's good. What do you reckon we can do about that? Well, I think the the interest has been stimulated as a result of uh, media programs uh, on which um, material has been presented stating quite overtly that weight control and diet control can impact greatly and beneficially on type 2. We've taken up this topic before, but we might say a little bit more about it today, Jane. And this is Health Naturally on 2NURFM for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre. And uh, type 2 diabetes is definitely in the air at the moment. And we're taking your calls, 49216216. Trish has rung in, Dennis, and a question on, well, Trish, let us tell us, polycosinol for cholesterol. Yes? Yes. Hello, Trish. How are you? I'm, I'm good, thanks. Good, Dennis. good. How can I help you, Trish? Well, I've got high cholesterol and yes. I've been researching. I'm not really mm-hmm. um, that keen on going on statin mm-hmm. drugs, so mm-hmm. I've just been doing a bit of research yes, and yes. I came across a polycosinol. Yes, yes. And I wondered if you've got some thoughts on that. Okay. Uh, first of all, I would ask the question, what is your overall cholesterol level? 8.7. 8.7. Yeah, look, that's up a little bit. Um, I share your reservations about statins, but they have a role to play, particularly where uh, the cholesterol is somewhat more than mildly elevated, as I suggest yours might be, and particularly if there has been a history in the family of cardiovascular disease. Now, I, only you can answer that. I, yes, there is. Okay. Well... I think that I'd be a little bit cautious about um, not um, embracing um, a statin. Um, Statins are useful, as I've said. I have reservations about them. I think, however, you need to uh, appreciate that there are other substances that have been shown to be useful in addressing a cholesterol level and bringing them down to a degree. And these are things that you should discuss with your general practitioner after you've uh, discuss with him your reservations about statins. Uh, most GPs these days are aware uh, that statins have a good side, but unfortunately they have a downside. Um, and wherever possible, uh, my experience has been that patients tell me that their doctors are keen for patients to work with self-help measures in order to either lessen their dependence on statins or to bypass them. Now, you've mentioned one agent, polycosinol, which is a sugarcane derivative. And in my experience, in my experience, I've not found it mm, very significant. Now, I, I, I say that in my experience. Others might have a different viewpoint. Um, there are other substances that I believe... Um, can do a better job. Now, again, this is a this is a, a, an opinion, and there are substances called phytosterols. P h y t o, s t e r o l s. I suggest you have a look at those. Now, fortunately, there are some over-the-counter preparations, particularly available from pharmacies, that uh, embrace both phytosterols and polycosinol. I'll not mention brand names, but I have one in my rooms that I frequently uh, prescribe for patients where it's appropriate. They're both uh, what you might call natural substances, but phytosterols work by significantly inhibiting uh, the uptake of cholesterol. 
and um, and promote a reduction via that pathway. Discuss with your GP uh, his willingness or her willingness to monitor uh, you for a period of time um, on something like a phytosterol um, as a means of seeing how far that can bring it down. Unfortunately, our previous thoughts that diet would be a major factor hasn't been that hasn't been borne out that much um, so I think if you're going to go anywhere you've got to look at things that have got a reasonably credible basis polycosinol is useful but in conjunction with the phytosterols and there are numerous of them uh, I see that as a better better pathway so, Dennis, would you see that as a, a healthier alternative to statins, or do you think statins stand alone, you know? Uh, look, um, they're a healthy alternative where it is appropriate. Um, for instance, in my opinion, uh, if, you have a, if, you, if you're tracking around a cholesterol level of, say, 6, maybe 6.5, maybe even 7, my experience has been that with lifestyle modification and using these um, uh, non-statins, one can drag the level down to that 5.5 figure. Now, sometimes the GP or the cardiologist will rightly say, because there's been a a family history of cardiovascular disease, uh, that is not good enough and you need to go a little bit lower. Uh, But wherever possible, wherever possible, I certainly encourage people to work with their medical managers in trying to use a non-statin approach first. Right. Because, well, I've got six weeks to yeah. try, you know, and then okay. I'm definitely, I would definitely go on the statin. Yeah. Well, if, if, you, if you have to go on to the statin, if you have to go on to it, uh, look at the um, usefulness of a substance called coenzyme Q10. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah I am aware that, of that, that one. That, yeah. that, that buffers, in my opinion, some of the, the downside of the statin Mm -hmm. and express your reservations to your GP there is a pharmaceutical preparation that he can prescribe called Ezetrol which is not a stat which is not a statin and is sometimes used and prescribed by the GP where patients are intolerant to statins and quite a few patients are intolerant to statins so mention that to him also uh, Ezetrol uh, and and or the phytosterols. For our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre, this is Health Naturally on 2NURFM. We're taking your calls and we're also taking a look at type 2 diabetes. But we've got a different question now, something about one of the results of um, quitting smoking. Alex joins us from Tumby. Hello, Alex. Hello, Jane. How are you? Going well. Now, would you like to tell Dennis about your question? Hi, Dennis. Hello, John. How are you? Uh, oh, this oh, is yeah. Alex. Hello, oh, Alex. Just close enough. I gave up smoking about three months ago, and I'm finding it really hard to get the, uh, the phlegm off the chest. Okay. Look, what I suggest you do, there's a preparation called bisolvin. Bisolvin. You can, you can usually get it from your pharmacist. It's a it's a, a naturally based product, and um, my wife uses it. My family uses it. It's inexpensive. Um, it, my understanding is that it's based on a herb called Atatoda, and it it does work. So I'd make a beeline to your pharmacy and just ask for some of that. And uh, how does it work? Just okay. breaks it up. Well, there's two sorts of uh, what we call expectorants. And one form of expectorant is what's called a stimulant expectorant, and that actually promotes uh, healthy 
expectoration. It, it, if you like, assists the whole process of coughing and uh, assisting the passage up the airways, if you like, of congestion or mucus. So um, usually substances that are pungent, um, some sometimes warm and spicy, they are what we refer to as, as irritant or stimulating expectorants whose action on the respiratory system is to promote a healthy expulsion of phlegm. Okay, that an- does that answer your question, Alex? Absolutely. Fantastic. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> Good. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. You too. And we're moving to John now, who's also running, rung in from Sunshine on 49216216. Hello, John. And your question? Hello, Dennis. Hello, John. How are you? Look, I'll be very quick because I know you're busy. I That's just okay. wanted to say you spoke about bitter melon. Yes, I did. On, on, on a prior occasion. Yes. You've also yes. spoken about turmeric and the yes. black pepper. Yes. So when I heard your bitter melon, I was type 2 diabetic. Yes. Um, uh, and I was on uh, diaformin. Yes. Um, I ran down to your rooms. I got the bitter melon. Yes. I persevered with the challenging taste, as you put it. It is challenging. It is, uh, but I mixed it in equal portions yes. with the turmeric. Well done. And and half that portion in black pepper. Well done. And I use it one heaped tablespoon in my cooking every night. Yes. Now, um, I was at times in my twenties with my blood sugar. Yes. I'm now consistently under nine, and my meter has read five and six yes. for the first time in twelve years. Yes. Now. You know, the bread is gone, the cakes are gone, and so on. But, and, uh, but, but. <laughs> yeah, So your advice has been taken. This has been like a three-month process yes. now. Yes. Now, of course, my doctor's still a bit wary, but uh, my meter doesn't lie. Well, that's what I mean. Uh, you, you, can't, you can't refute what your, uh, what your meter or your blood sugar readings are, and mm. your, your, your um, experience there uh, duplicates the experience of a, of a colleague of mine who on another station years ago um, mentioned that his taking of my bitter melon powder, which I admit has a challenging taste, had reduced his blood sugar level from a dangerous 18 down to 8. And he became, he became for very many months, one of the greatest evangelists of bitter, bitter melon in the powdered form that I've ever had. Um, yeah, I need, I need to reiterate this, that with type 2, a lot can be done by becoming aware of the way in which herbs and foods, and remember, bitter melon is essentially a food. The only reason I've converted it into a powder is because Australians don't really identify with it or don't usually eat it, whereas yeah. the powdered preparation taken, particularly as you've done with, say, some turmeric, is more convenient, and taking it with turmeric bypasses the pretty... Um, challenging taste but that's right yeah I, I do it in a stir fry mainly almost oh, well every done. night which, yeah, well, which well is done. vegetables well done yeah, uh, but it's fantastic you well, know that's great. i use a little bit of stevia just to sweeten yeah, it not yep, too yep, much yep, yep, but yep. you know um failing that um it becomes like a laksa or a curry type um taste you're after, absolutely after right that. You're absolutely uh, right. Cumin, and it's all good. Well, but there anyway, you go. I wanted to thank you. Mm. And um, uh, I, I tell everybody, of course, you know what it's like, hard to convert people at times. Yeah, but, well, the, uh, pr- the proof uh, of the pudding is in the eating. 
that's true. Of course, the weight's gone down yes, also yes. over that three-month period. Well, sometimes bitter melon does that too. 11 kilos, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, well done. That's a great story. Thanks for sharing it, John. And uh, and it's right on the topic of type 2 well, diabetes, Dennis. Well, I think that, uh, that John sort of um, emphasises one of the things that I wanted to emphasise today, that as far as foods go, and there is a relationship between type 2 diabetes and food, as far as foods go, we must acknowledge what other customs around the world do, and that is the role of a substance like bitter melon in any form as a useful means, uh, one means, of lowering the blood sugar level with a credible, uh, recognised clinical proving, if you like. And as I said, the reason why I produced the uh, bitter melon in a powdered form with my logo on it available from Vitology in my rooms in, in Alma Road, New Lambton, is that most Australians don't recognise the food on the, on, the, on the vegetable counter. But it is there. It's like a large cucumber with a lot of spikes on the outside. So Australians don't relate to it. But our ethnic friends do. So when I produced it in the powdered form, and by the way, for listeners who are interested in bitter melon, I've written a paper on it, which is free of charge, and can be obtained from my rooms at 39 Alma Road, New Lambton, or just send a stamp-addressed envelope and we'll send it to you. But the reason I uh, developed the product, wrote the paper, was that in my own experience of working against insulin resistance and a type 2 tendency, I needed something that had a credible base to help me. And it has helped me, and as my GP, um, uh, GP for 30 years, frequently says, your management is excellent, I can't understand it, but whatever you're doing, keep doing <laughs> Bitter melon. Bitter melon's the answer, right? <laughs> eh? <laughs> well, if there's a lesson to be learnt today and we don't get on to anything else, for people out there who are struggling uh, to do something to help bring their blood sugar levels down and to uh, confirm that by what's called the HbA1c reading that the doctor does periodically, it will reflect it more than anything else, take on board what that previous les- li- listener said and take on board what I'm saying, that one of the supplements, one of the foods, one of the things that you can use that will help you is the bitter melon powder. Health Naturally, for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre, and, and type 2 diabetes, um, there's, apart from bitter melon, Dennis, is there more to, <laughs> more gave, to diet? We gave it a bit of a plug, didn't we? <laughs> Bitter melon. Oh, look, there is, and I think we need to appreciate what um, what the gentleman was saying there about his use of um, bitter melon, that he'd also lost weight. And I think it would be foolish for anyone discussing a type 2 or late-onset diabetes, as we call it, um, to not mention that fundamental, or fundamentally associated, in my opinion, with uh, managing or helping uh, type 2 is to acknowledge there needs to be some effort, in most cases, to reduce weight and to alter, to alter the the emphasis of the diet. Now, before I go any further on that, every time I talk about type 2, I like to say to my listeners, look, become involved, get to know what it's all about, become educated. And again, I will mention a text, a little book that I have lectured from and I have supplied to my patients for very many years, an excellent little work that I would recommend to all listeners out there who want to know something about type 2 or equally importantly want to do something about their type 2. There's a a book entitled, and I'll go slowly, a book entitled Diabetes Type 2, You Can Reverse It Naturally. 
and it's written by Dr. Sandra Cabot, C-A-B-O-T, and Margaret Jasinska. Sandra Cabot and Margaret Jasinska, the title of the book, Diabetes Type 2, You Can Reverse It Naturally. I would again emphasise the importance of reading that little book to understanding that in addressing type 2, working with it with your healthcare professional, you need to take on board things, particularly, as I started to say, with reference to diet, the need perhaps to lose some weight, and in my opinion, to emphasise a movement away from the carbohydrate addiction in our society and a movement towards more proteinous foods. For so many years, Jane, we have been, in my opinion, conned into believing that uh, the, the carbs, carbs, carbs is okay. And so we have kids that have been raised on noodles, kids that have been raised on spaghetti, um, and all these things are okay. But the emphasis on them, in my opinion, has led to this obesity epidemic in conjunction with the way in which, the way in which, as uh, has been pointed out by David Gillespie in his great book, Sweet Poison, the way in which the acceleration of sugar in our diet where the refined carbohydrate emphasis has created the fundamental basis, in my opinion, for moving towards type 2 diabetes, which is an epidemic. So diet needs to be looked at. Fortunately, in the little book that I've mentioned, dietary guidelines are mentioned very well. Now, remember, your call can come through to us on 49216216. And uh, someone has rung in, Dennis, about the product that you mentioned for the healthy expulsion. Bisolvin. 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 Spelt with a... B-I-S-O-L-V-O-N, I think it is. Okay. The, the pharmacist will be more familiar with it than I am, um, but it's a great little product and comes in a number of forms, and I've found it useful. Great stuff. Thanks for that. Now, Ron has rung in from Bonnells Bay. Ron, a, a health drink. That sounds like a good thing to do. Hello, Dennis. Hello, Ron. Uh, I read uh, on the net, I saw of a a top athletic trainer overseas somewhere who firmly believes in uh, each morning giving his, uh, his, uh, his, his cares uh, a drink made up of coloured salt and uh, the juice of a lime uh, put, in, put in a glass of water. Uh, I recently bought a, uh, a, a container of Gatorade and I'm just trying that in the morning. Do you have any comments about about uh, something like that to replace the uh, salts and so on in our, in our bodies? I, I'm a, I haven't um, heard of that before. I'm a little bit puzzled as to why one would want to um, start the day by taking um, sodium chloride with, yeah. with, with, um, with a citrus fruit. That puzzles me a little bit. Um, uh, there may be some rationale behind it, but it puzzles me. Uh, I can't work that out. Um, I'm of the opinion that um, you've got to be a little bit cautious with the amount of salt that one uses in the diet. Yes. Uh, yeah. If if this is a particular salt other than sodium chloride and is just called salt as a as a generic term, there might be some basis to it. Uh, I'd be cautious about it. Um, I'm not a great fan on a lot of these um, these drinks that purport to to do this or do that. Um, I think just a a healthy, um, just a healthy lifestyle, drinking when you need to drink and, and eating when you need to eat. Um, yeah. I, I, read a, I read a recent book recently by two, two American specialists on, on the role of honey. And uh-huh. what they basically put forward was that a lot of performance-enhancing drinks 
in their opinion, um, um, are no better than using, uh, if you're a sportsman particularly, uh, a, a teaspoon or a dessert spoonful of honey before you get on the, food, um, the field and when you come off it. So, so yeah. that's a fairly radical concept, I know. But no, look, I, I can't comment any more on that, Ron. It puzzles yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess we see some of these eloquently promoted products and think, yes, okay, that sounds good. But then, yeah, getting back to honey, there's nothing but good in that, yes. So, yeah, yeah, so that's about answered my question. Well, what, Dennis, what, yeah. what I suggest you do, um, ring my, I'll be in my rooms on Monday, ring me and I'll give you the name of this little book which is very, very readable and I say it to any listener who's interested in honey as a medicinal substance and particularly a performance enhancing substance ring ring my rooms on, on Monday and my I will give it the name of the little book to you or my receptionist will and um, this little book's available from Penders in Moneybung Road out at Cardiff great people, I support them all the way and that little book opened my eyes and in that book is mentioned that um, that honey is a very very useful agent for sporting people and competes favorably with some of the proprietary products well honey you can't go past it can you Dennis? i don't believe you can Jane. <laughs> it's all about feeling good on to a new rfm at the moment with health naturally and dennis stewart taking your calls on 49216 216. And uh, David, a comment this time. You're from Nelson Bay and your comment on honey. Yes, Jane. Dennis, you're absolutely correct. It's not a new concept. When I was a young man in the 60s, in the early 1960s, I used to work out three nights a week in a gymnasium. I always took a jar of honey with me and would have a spoonful or two during the course of my two or three hour workout. Good on you. And it worked worked wonderfully. I just thought I'd give you the benefit of that vast knowledge and experience of mine. Thank you, David. That's uh, that's great feedback, and uh, it, it confirms um, what I was saying there, that frequently something simple, inexpensive, unbranded, um, and with no advertising campaign behind it, is just as good at promoting um, recovery and promoting performance something like honey can compete at any level, in my opinion, and I'm glad you've done that. Uh, that's one of the reasons, David, why I keep bees. <laughs> <laughs> so that you're never short of honey. I'm Dennis. glad you rang in, David. Thank thanks, you very much. Thanks for the call. And uh, Danielle from Macquarie Hills. Hello, Danielle. Hello, Dennis. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good, thank good, you. Good. Um, I'm just calling in. I've been listening to the program yes. and the gentleman that was using a bit of melon yes, yes. for the diabetes. Yes. All I wanted to ask you was if you do try that combination, do yes. you still keep taking your medication with it? Yes. You must not in any way depart from what your medical practitioner has prescribed. If you are going to use anything in order to help your type 2, first of all, you should let your GP know what you're doing so that he can monitor your levels. The good thing about bitter melon, however, is that being a food, it doesn't work immediately. It's a progressive thing and allows your GP to monitor any change in your blood sugar level. Um, it works quite differently than the medications that your GP 
necessarily would prescribe for your type 2 condition. But what it may do, and he would be the best to interpret this, by using the bitter melon in the ba- on the basis of what we said today, about a heap teaspoonful of the powder once a day to start with, it may see your blood sugar level creep down somewhat and even permit your general practitioner to modify your medication. So oh, that's the way of looking at it. Um, my, uh, my whole emphasis is not in any way at all to con- conflict or contradict mainstream yes. medicine. I have too much regard for it. But I do believe very, very fervently that type 2 can be helped by lifestyle factors, supplements yes. such as bitter melon, and particularly for people that are moving towards type 2 whose medical practitioner has said, look, you're going to have to do something each time yes. we, we get a test on you, your blood sugar level's creeping up. That's the time to do a few things, like, for instance, reading the book that I said, um, yes. by Dr. Sandra Cabot and looking at credible supplements and not expensive supplements. You don't yes. need to be uh, ripped off in inverted commas by using fancy branded products that in many ways are no better or no worse than using something as simple as, say, bitter melon with a bit of turmeric. Oh, great. Thank you very much. Thank you, Danielle. Thanks for your call, Danielle. Still got time for a couple more calls on 49216216. Give us a call. Um, anything, any other kind of food type things, or do you well, wish I think, to? I think the emphasis should be, um, in the context of what we've said today, that in addressing type 2, one must look at one's eating habits. And I come back to the point and say that one must necessarily look at the amount of sugar that one is ingesting. And the reading, as I've said, of David Gillespie's book, Sweet Poison, is an eye-opener as to the damage that the large amount of sugar in our diet does to it and the way in which it feeds. It feeds the type 2 epidemic. We need to read labels, Jane. Ah, We need to learn to read labels. And take the glasses when we go shopping. And take the glasses. You stand at a supermarket, as I frequently do when I go shopping with my wife, and you see the sorts of things that people are bringing out in their trolleys. And a lot of those foods feed, feed the, the carbohydrate phenomenon and feed the type 2 pathology. We've got to realise that diet and dietary abuse, the carbohydrate addiction, the addiction with sugar foods has brought us to this point and we must get away from that, move more towards high quality protein, high quality protein and uh, they're, they're very important principles will ref- which will reflect inevitably a degree of weight loss, which is one of the best ways of seeing one's blood sugar levels start to trickle down. So what sort of foods do we think of in the, under the umbrella of high-quality well, protein? Well, high-quality foods, oh, high-quality proteins, are all the protein foods, meats, uh, cheese, fish, and particularly the egg. The marginalised egg. Remember when we were told by the so-called authorities that, that eggs were not good for us? My God, what damage that did to the egg industry. Eggs are good quality protein, 86% assimilable protein. No one can bypass an egg as far as high-quality protein. Those sorts of foods that we were raised on as kids, high-quality uh, f- uh, fruit and vegetables rather than packaged junk, and high-quality protein from the butcher, um, that's the backbone. That's how we were raised. And if we got back to that, what's called grandmother's foods, I don't think we'd be in the problem we are in today, Jane. Mm. Well, Tim has rung in from Taro now, fenugreek for type 2 diabetes. What's Hello, your... Tim. 
G'day, how are you? I'm well, Tim. You, you're uh, talking about Fenya Creek for type 2. Correct. Yes. Um, some years ago, I was uh, diagnosed with type 2. Yes, yes. Um, I've been through the rounds with um, Metformin, Sid yes. Clifton, yes. uh, Genumet and Genuvia, yep. Yep. and I was constantly feeling ill. Yes. Um, I first had a uh, MMOL reading of 29, yes. which was uh, quite high, yes. and felt extremely lethargic. Mm. Um, after three years, I was getting no better, um, getting the stained ankles and legs from poor circulation. Yes. And uh, somebody suggested to me that fenugreek was good for uh, improving your circulation. Yes. So I, I gave that a go. Um, took two two thousand sorry two one thousand milligram tablets with breakfast and dinner. And uh, remarkably, within about three or four days, my sugars were beginning to stabilise. Mm-hmm. And after about two weeks, the circulation had improved quite significantly. Uh, um, uh, after six mm-hmm. months on that, yeah. um, my HbA1c is balanced at 5.2. That's great. The staining has gone from my legs. Uh, the energy levels are unbelievable. And to the point where my doctor has taken me off medication. Great. Um, and I'm now controlling that with uh, good healthy eating. And I still take my fenugreek each day. And uh, it's working quite well. Tim, that uh, that doesn't surprise me. Fenugreek is one of the uh, foods or spices called up in Dr. Cabot's book, and it would be one that I would append to any dietary program um, seeking to address type 2. In the scheme of things, it fits neatly into the bitter melon type of food approach to it. But with fenugreek, uh, which is well documented for type 2, by the way, uh, with fenugreek, a lot of its benefit also depends upon the actual quantity you take and the regularity with with which you take it. Um, so you were consistent in taking it for a period of time. Um, I'd be interested to know, you were taking it in an encapsulated form? Correct. Okay. Um, uh, I've now introduced it into uh, the diet through seeds. Yes. We purchased the seeds and yes. added it to cooking. Okay. And how much and, uh, how, how much of the seed would be would you be using, Tim? Because there's debate in the literature on how much of the actual crude fenugreek seed you need to take to get this benefit. How much have you found that you need to use? I add approximately a tablespoon yes, yes. to a tablespoon and yes. a half to a curry when I cook it. Yes, that's correct. Uh, and um it uh, dissolves quite nicely in the curry over yes. a few hours. Yes. Um, makes it quite palatable. Yes. Um, it actually sweetens the curry a bit as well. So yes. That's the sort of level that the literature's talking about. Round about 15 grams a day is what's recommended in some of the literature as a, a means of getting a reliable benefit from fenugreek. And the way you're using it as a food is the ideal way to address this whole problem. It's not to see um, anything other than using simple foods with a good traditional base as fenugreek has. Uh, Listeners might not appreciate that fenugreek is probably one of the most utilised spices or foods around the world. Where where does it come from, Dennis? uh, It's a Middle Eastern uh, food, and that's why Middle Eastern people... um, see it as part of their uh, their diet. Interestingly, uh, this might not have anything to do with type 2, Tim, but I'll throw it in for listeners. Uh, fenugreek is a remarkable galactagogue. Now, what that means is it promotes lactation. Hence, in Middle Eastern cultures, fenugreek is a very important food uh, for women in particular who lactate 
uh, for lengthy periods of time um, in, in order to, to sustain their, their, their children. So one can understand why fenugreek plays such an important part in many cultures. It has many uses. It works against type 2. And amongst other things, it's a remarkable remedy in supporting the lactating mother. That's uh, great. Well, thanks very much indeed for that uh, comment on fenugreek. Mm. Other Middle Eastern spices do well. They do indeed. <laughs> right. <laughs> we've, talked a few, we've talked about a few of them, haven't we? Turmeric today. Yes. It was, it was interesting to see the way in which that gentleman had blended turmeric with my bitter melon powder in order to take some of the bitterness off it. And yes. he would have got an enhanced effect because turmeric also would have some bearing on type 2. And it's interesting to get Tim's uh, comments on fenugreek, which we could have talked about all day, because in the literature, again, it's one of the most popularly used natural approaches to seeking to control type 2 tendencies. Right. So spices are really useful and they're easy to add. With, uh, oh, oh add very to much so. And see, the problem, with, the problem with Anglos, I mean, people of our culture and background, is that spices have not traditionally played a very significant role in Anglo diets, mm. uh, and that's why um, a lot of respiratory problems, it's been argued, are commonly experienced by people living on an Anglo diet because there aren't enough spices in the food we eat to promote the resolution of mucus and congestion, which is what we talked about earlier. Mm. Well, uh, we're just about coming to the end of the program. If you'd like to have another listen to it or to previous Health Naturally programs, you can go to our website, to nurfm.com and catch the podcast of it. And, Dennis, we look forward to your company again next week, next Friday after the midday news, and we'll just aim to keep Healthy, won't we? In the meantime, use a lot of spices, Jane. We'll do that. Lots of curries about to happen to NURFM. News coming up next.